Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Lion's Dan. It's good to be back in the studio uh, after a week off. We had a um, had to take a week off after the 4th. Uh, had some people over at the house, and I was a little under the weather last week, so we decided to take a week off and start going ahead and working on this first episode with one of our guests. Uh, today's guest, his name's Junior Sims. Uh, really... Um, Really good friend of mine, consider him more to be a brother than anything. Uh, we met back in November of 2019 when I moved down to Montgomery again. And uh, um, he came over because his apartment uh, was out of water or something. And so he ended up spending the night, my first night in the house. And um, of all things, we started talking about was football. And that tends to be how I uh, make friends pretty quick is talking about sports. And he's a... Uh, pretty good sports fan and um, as we've gotten to know each other a little more over the past months um, got to know more about him and his life and um, the, the type of person he is and uh, it's amazing how he is the type of person he is with all the different things that he has had to face um, so we're excited to have you along for today's episode and with that um, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. All right, now we are with our guest, Junior. And uh, Junior, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. As you already know, my name is Junior. I am from Enterprise, Alabama. If you don't know where that is, it's a, uh, it's like a little, not really a small city, but it's a city below Troy, Alabama. Um, that's where I say I'm from, at least. I've lived in many different areas but i spent majority of my life there i guess you would say or the most time there so i'll claim that's where i'm from i am on the podcast today to you know speak about the many events that have occurred in my life and uh hopefully find a way to motivate you know everyone out there going through trials and tribulations to let them know that hey um there's always tomorrow you know to do better and you don't have to dwell on the things that are going on so yeah hopefully i uh, you know, do a little bit of motivation for y'all all right and the, one of the biggest reasons that i'm so excited to have junior on the podcast today especially being our first guest was mainly because of the basis of our first podcast being jenga uh, junior has had a bunch of different difficulties starting from pretty much the beginning um, with family stuff and different things like that that we'll cover today. Um, and by all means, his tower probably should have fallen. And uh, he's really got one of the most resilient personalities that I've ever encountered. Um, and I think you'll see that today. Um, so, Junior, let's I guess let's start from, from the beginning, if you will, of one of those first pieces in your life that went missing and you know what was the effects of that so of the many different events that have happened in my life i would say the first defining moment was um a situation in which my mom and her boyfriend at the time had been locked up um but just to give a backstory before i get into that um in 2007, my 
mom had left my my dad and we had moved from Clanton, Alabama to Graceville, Florida, uh, where which is where my grandparents live at. Well, one day me and my little brother went on our regular Saturday trip with our granddad, you know, to go get breakfast, go take care of some work. And, you know, usually at the end of the day, we would go back to our mom. But this particular day, we went back to our grandparents' house. Never heard anything from our mom. Never, she never called us, never said anything. And probably about one or two hours later after we went to, well, that we were at our grandparents' house, uh, we were told that our mom and her boyfriend at the time were pulled over and arrested for um, having crystal meth in the vehicle with them, along with, I believe there was a gun in there too, but I'm, I won't say that because I don't necessarily know, but I know for a fact that there was drugs in the vehicle, and my little sister uh, was also in the vehicle. Well, they got um, pulled over because I guess they were speeding or something of that magnitude, and um, you know, uh, my sister had to get picked up from like a holding center or whatever situation was. And, um, yeah, from there, I never saw my mom for about two years. She went to jail. Um, actually while she was in jail, she had my youngest sister, Sierra. Um, you know, and after Sierra was born, she had to go live with her grandparents, obviously, because her mom was locked up in jail um but yeah so my mom went from jail and then she moved on to rehab in enterprise alabama so for a grand total of two and about half years i lived with my grandparents inside graceville florida where i learned many different um things they lived in a country area um not much to do but work and you know go to school maybe well go to school and then work when you get home and you know and now my grandparents uh, <laughs> funny detail uh, well it's not really funny but are racist um, which you know thank God that was not a trait that I picked up from them uh, one of the best traits I picked up from my grandparents I would have to say knowing how to work my granddad was a home repair man he was in Vietnam so he was very particular about the things that he did during the day. Now, his beliefs and things of that magnitude, well, you know, we had disagreements on because, you know, there's two different generations or whatever the situation may be. But anyway, um, I definitely learned a lot as a, as a kid, you know, without a mom and without really any type of father figure besides my granddad, you know. I learned, that was the first time I had to learn how to, you know, grow up. And I was nine at the time. And being not even 10 years old yet and, you know, not having a a parental figure there like a mom or a dad to to help guide you in the right direction because of mistakes they've made in their lives and poor decisions that they've made. Uh, And your sister was how old at the time in the car? Uh, A couple years old. She was... Two and a half years old. So two and a half and um, having your mother make that decisions, I guess, essentially putting, you know, her life at risk in the car and um, different things like that. 
Um, mm, so you mentioned you know, learning from that, uh, learning how to work and just really, I guess, push through. Um, what are some other things that you might have picked up there that led you to your next place in life? Well, one of the main things that I learned, and it wasn't because of something I was taught, it was because of something that I saw and I didn't want to become that made me, you know, at such a young age, you know, I made the decision that I would learn to love somebody regardless of what they've done and, you know, what they are going to do, you know, which is very hard to do as a person, you know, as a young kid. You know, you don't have your mom. She's not there to guide you or anything of that magnitude. So, you know, at first I had a, I had a tough time, I would say, loving my mom. I'm not going to lie about that. You know, I didn't, I thought that she had just abandoned me and that she didn't really want us and things of that magnitude. And, uh, and another thing was like my grandparents and my aunts and stuff tried to influence that tried to make me feel like my mom was a bad person and they would claim that she didn't want us. And, and, you know, as a little kid, I, I think every little kid wants their mom and dad, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, um, so the biggest thing I learned for myself was you just gotta, you gotta love somebody, you know, you gotta learn how to love because hatred is never the way. Hatred does more damage to you than it would ever do to anybody else. Right. So, yeah. So after that situation and after you got to, after your mom was back out of jail, um, what was the next thing that, uh, that you dealt with? Okay. So after my mom had got out of rehab in 2011, um, me, uh, my little brother and my little sister, had all moved from our grandparents' house um, in Florida to Enterprise, Alabama, um, where we lived in this house. Um, It was in a very interesting area inside Enterprise. You know, many different characters lived around us. Um, It would be what people would define as the hood. Um, (laughs) You know, I... That's the best way I would be able to put it. Um, you know, seen many different things, such as drugs, alcohol, um, fights, guns, everything that you should not want to see as a, well, as anybody, but especially as a little kid. And, you know, I, um, man, the lessons I learned from that place. <laughs> My uh, mom had got out of rehab, uh, like I said, and she had actually got with a man that was in rehab with her. Um, Now, for anybody listening, you know, I know you're thinking, wow, um, that guy was probably in rehab for a reason. And if you're thinking that, you are very right. He was a very, um, well, he is a very... Very interesting human being. Um, 
in the most respectful way possible. It's probably putting it a little, uh, a little nice. Yeah, it is a little nice. <laughs> it's definitely a little nice. Um, he was, he went to rehab for drugs, uh, same as my mom. And uh, when they both got out, um, before my mom had actually met this guy, well, actually got with this guy because they already met, but she was clean. She didn't do anything. She went to church every week and, you know, every Wednesday and every Sunday, morning and night, and was trying to get her life back on track. And you know, with the um, with the kids involved, you know, she, she was really trying to do her best to kind of like make up for the time that she had lost while she was in rehab. And then this guy comes along, you know, and for the first couple months, it's okay. You know, it's like in every relationship, it's just the honeymoon phase, basically. Everything's all happiness and giggles and things of that magnitude. And because you're trying to impress the other person. But once you're with somebody long enough, you get comfortable and the real you starts you know, coming out. And this guy was, you know, I wish that he would have just stayed in the honeymoon phase. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, the real him was uh, abusive. Um, very heavy on uh, marijuana and pills, um, which drove him crazy and still does to this day. Um, that whole situation at Enterprise taught me everything that I didn't want to be as a human being. You know, I didn't want to grow up or I didn't want to have be in a situation where I have kids one day and they don't know where I'm at physically or mentally. They don't know where I'm at, you know, because I've learned the hard way that just because a parent is present in the house doesn't mean that they are really present as a parent. You mm-hmm. know? Because you can be in the same room with somebody, but that doesn't really mean that you're crossing their mind or that they're, you know, or that you're a priority to them. And, um, yeah. So from there, um, uh, we lived in a house in Enterprise. And then after they had got together, we were there for about six more months. And then uh, we got kicked out of that house because my mom's boyfriend had punched holes in the walls and um had drugs all over the place and it was not a pretty scene i will say that so then we got kicked out of that house and we moved into another house right across town where the same situation would unfold again we would be there they would get to fighting and it would get nasty it would get abusive and the police were at our house probably once a week i would say because the neighbors were just fed up with nonsense, you know. And as kids, there's not really much we can do. Um, we just went to school, did our schoolwork, came back home, and we just kind of had to deal with the situation, you know. And um, definitely molded us as kids to that we can deal with anything really. Mm-hmm. So, in dealing with all that, what are what are some things that you know in life you were able to do to escape from that situation understand that there's always better or actually no actually understand that it could be worse i understand it could be worse you realize that um 
you don't really know how blessed you are until you see the person next to you uh, that is actually doing worse. You know, I thought I grew up in tough situation, which by definition, I guess I did. But I definitely know some people that really had it worse than I did. So by all means, I feel like I was blessed um, without growing up in the situations that I have already talked about. I would not be the person I am today. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to face adversity. I wouldn't be able to um, love somebody for them. You know, I just definitely wouldn't be as self-driven as I am and loving as I am. For sure. So, yeah. So, um, what came next after, um, and growing up a little more and dealing with that situation as it it seemed to continually get worse. Oh, um, after living in the other house, uh, and getting kicked out, um, we went and stayed with a family that lived probably like 30 minutes away, maybe. Um, and you know, this is a family where there's mom and dad and the kids. And, you know, at this time I'm, I'm about 12, 13. And, um, um, and at 12 or 13, I, we were at with this family and we got, kicked out of their house uh for the nonsense that my mom and her boyfriend had did you know you would think that if you go if somebody you know lets you go live with them that you would you know try to behave honestly and as grown people they definitely didn't know how to do that so from there we were homeless (laughs) that was an interesting time in our life um hotel to hotel there's not a single hotel in enterprise alabama Daleville, Alabama, Elba, Alabama, and um, yeah, 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 that there's not a single hotel in those three places that we did not stay at, you know, move from week to week, day to day, you know, as a kid, we're going from, we would go to school, leave in one hotel, and come home to another one, definitely, you know, shared one bed with two other siblings, um, while, you know, on the very next bed right beside us, our mom and her boyfriend are smoking marijuana. Just kind of the life that we had to live. And then, after a long period of time, going from hotel to hotel, um, I moved in with my tennis coach. Now, this time, at 13, I've been playing tennis for four years. I started when I was nine years old, when I had originally moved to Enterprise, Alabama. And um, me and my tennis coach, through, you know, me going, how I got into tennis, uh, honey buns and cracker jacks, I'm not going to lie. I went out to a six o'clock practice after summer camp one day, and I wanted to practice. And the first day, he didn't actually let me. He just, you know, he let me watch, and he offered me, Ice honey bun and cracker jacks and every day i used to after summer camp i would go eat my honey bun and cracker jacks and hit tennis balls and from there i just had love for it you know and started playing uh tournaments like team tennis and things of that magnitude playing other cities kids from other cities and i would say that i had got quite good at tennis <laughs> i was 
a pretty good uh, tennis player. But, you know, at 13, you know, who I would ask, who just goes and lives with their tennis coach, you know? And this is kind of where I would like to describe my tennis coach. But, um, yeah, I want to go. He accepted me and my little brother and sister into his home. Um, we didn't bring, we didn't really bring any clothes with us. He used to provide us with clothes and we would shower and we would, you know, eat three times a day and we would go to tennis practice. Things that we were not really, um, accustomed to, you know, with our own parents. So definitely moving him with him, you know, this is, that was probably the most defining moment in my life as a human as a person no kind I, of a, a moment that you know helps stabilize your situation and um i guess with his influence that he's had on your life to um you know, guide you in a direction that uh, you know you'll uh, be pretty good coming out of right yeah because uh my tennis coach is uh he's haitian <laughs> he um, he comes from a background where everything is all about production. You know, if there's ever a stop in production, somebody is angry. Somebody is not too happy with you because, um, you know, they had to live when his grandparents were growing up. They had to go through, you know, all the tough times such as, you know, racism and all dealing with all types of different things and. Um, so they had to fight to survive. Um, so he, they kind of implemented that into my tennis coach. And from there, he did the same for me. You know, um, he definitely taught me that what hard work really looked like and what dedication and determination really was. You know, every day at six o'clock, we were out of our beds, headed to an eight o'clock tennis practice. From 8 to 12, we would, you know, nonstop hitting tennis balls. And then from 12 to 3, we would have school at the library because we were homeschooled through the tennis academy. And from 3 to 8 o'clock at night, we were back hitting tennis balls. Mm. And that was an everyday thing, um, Monday through Friday. Um, and then on Saturday and Sunday, we were either at a tennis tournament somewhere or we were in Montgomery, Alabama or Prattville, Alabama, teaching tennis lessons to other underprivileged kids. Um, but, but, you know, my relationship with my tennis coach goes way beyond tennis um, just because he is, you know, who I consider my father. You know, he, you know, when I was at a moment in my life, you know, my mom had dropped me off with him and moved to an entire different state, you know, entirely different state. And she moved to Tennessee and didn't hear from her, didn't, you know, anything like that. And, you know, at first I had a grudge against my mom. I was like, how can you just drop your kids off with, and you and your boyfriend just move somewhere? And you, it's like you're putting somebody over your own kids mm -hmm. you know like we didn't ask for you to birth us you know like we <laughs> we didn't ask you to do that so you know i would think as a parent if you're gonna have a kid it's your responsibility to take care of them yeah but that's just a you know a little side thing but um he taught me 
my tennis coach taught me to really love my mom because you don't know you don't know her story you don't know what she's going on or what demon she's fighting in her own life and you being mad at her or having a grudge is not going to help the situation mm-hmm. so i that's you know i had to yeah so yeah. what are some other life lessons that i mean through through the avenue of tennis i guess and and living with uh, your coach that um, that he was able to teach you and, you know, put you on a, a different path than what you were on before? That's a great question. Um, if you're going to say something or say that you're going to do something, do it. I think that was something that he taught us, you know, that was major. Um, excuse me. You know, if you're going to say I that you're gonna do something that day. Say mm-hmm. I'm gonna clean the dishes, right? Clean the dishes. Don't don't say you're gonna do something and not doing it. Do it because it kind of makes you a coward. Mm-hmm. That was his thing with us. It doesn't, you know. You're gonna do something, no matter what it is, no matter how small or big it is. You dedicate yourself to it and you do it to the best of your ability. Um, that goes from washing dishes to hitting tennis balls to doing your schoolwork. Um, by all means, like has been stated before, I should really be a statistic. I shouldn't even be able to talk over this mic to you about my life, you know, because there's a lot of other kids that grew up with this worse than I did that are a statistic. And, um, that's just one of the like I said. It's just like it could be worse. That's if anything, you know, you having a bad day at work. Remember that it could be worse. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are in a relationship and things aren't going the way you might want it to, it could be worse. It's just, it's all about having a positive mindset through the worst of the situations that you, you know, may deal with. But yeah, that was. Those are probably the biggest lessons that I ever learned from my tennis coach. You know, he definitely taught me how to be a man mm-hmm. and uh, what being a man means. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, he, he definitely puts you on a, uh, a good path, I think. And that's going to do it for today's conversation. We, uh, we went a little over um, in recording today. So we are going to split this episode into two parts. Next episode will be available on next Tuesday. I believe it is the 21st of July at 9 a.m. Central Time. So um, be sure to come back and, and listen to that next episode. We've still got some more to cover and uh, learn more about what is next for Junior in his life. So thanks again for stopping by and hope you enjoyed it. God bless.